as people are at war within the workplace and at war within the marketplace and at war with even their friends, families are broken and shattered. This world is at war with a God who seeks to restore peace with them. We are servants of Christ, brothers and sisters. And the message that we have to share and to live with those around us is to identify those who need reconciliation. That you see the person that maybe you could win that argument with in your family, but you decide that you want them to see the love of him who died for them. And maybe there's that person at work who would seek to destroy you, but you get to show them the message of reconciliation. I hear the Savior calling, the gospel comes to me. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. January 24th, 2021. 2 Corinthians 5, 14-21. You know, it doesn't matter what political stance you take or what party you favor, I'm sure that all of us would have to agree that there have been a lot of clashes and rioting and hostility, far more so especially in this past year, than our nation has experienced in recent years. There's a lot of hostility and people taking sides. How would you like to be the person that's in charge of restoring peace? Peace to, between the groups that often involve rioting and mobs and riot police. How would you like to be the one to not just bring them together by force, but bring them together as those who are restored and at peace with one another? That's what God is in the business of doing as he restores and reconciles peace in this world, peace between himself and the hostility of this world. And this morning as we continue our series looking at the servant of the Lord is called, we see how our God has called us to be his agents, his peacemakers in this world. How was that done? But well, this morning we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And there we see how the servant of the Lord is called to restore peace. The Apostle Paul himself had been led by some pretty misguided motivations. He wanted to tear down. He wanted to find the enemies, the others, identify them. He targeted those who were dissenters. And all of his opponents were gathered up. And he systematically rounded up his opponents, held them to the law, sent them to prison, and he cast his vote for their death. Paul was pretty good at identifying the enemy and targeting the enemy and treating the enemy as such. Paul was motivated at that time by the love that he had for the law, but he was missing something. What motivates the Christian in this world is far different from what motivated Paul at that time. The world is motivated by so many incorrect things, by self-preservation, by its personal goals, and by fear, but not the Christian. Paul says what motivates us is he says, Christ's love compels us. He says, that Christ died for all, 
And because he died for all, he died that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Our motivation now is to serve the God who died for us, to serve the one who gave his life for us, and to live for him. Of course, that's not easy when you look at what motivates people in this world. Quite often we can see what motivates in this world as we might be quick to judge Paul who was harping on the law and identified enemies. But before we can be quick to judge Paul for the time when he once targeted his enemies and created hostility by the law, we need to look at what motivates us. Many people are motivated as they wake up in the morning to get along with their family member just so that they can have their cup of coffee and get on with their day. But if a chance comes to win an argument, they'll jump on that opportunity. And many people are motivated to keep the traffic laws around them as they drive for fear of not getting caught. But they're pretty quick to identify the person who has either hindered their drive or harassed them as their enemy. As they burst out in anger internally and identify all those around them in their way as their enemy. And how many aren't quick in this world to find someone who holds a different stance from them politically or on a social issue and find that the person who has an extreme opposite stance on things like masks or the pandemic or politics and label them as the enemy, the other. We know how it goes. There are broken families, broken homes, difficult work environments, all because of the hostility which we generate in our hearts. By nature and by living according to the flesh, we like to view others either according to if they serve our interest and serve us or if they are the enemy. But Paul says, we are to no longer regard people as we once did according to the flesh. According to the flesh, we were quick to identify enemies and create hostility. And even we would look once at Christ as we did by nature according to the flesh as a mere man. Though we once regarded Christ this way, we no longer do. But now we regard everyone as our God does. Christ died for all. That includes the person who you might want to win an argument against today. That includes the person who harassed you or hindered you on your drive as you drove to work or wherever you were headed. That includes the person who is at your workplace who seeks to target you and make you their enemy and make life miserable. And it includes the person who holds an opposite view of you on some social or political issue. Christ died for all. That all includes the them that we create, and that all includes you. And so Paul says that we no longer live with the mindset of the world. He says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. That includes our hearts and how we now live our lives, serving the one who died for us and was raised again. We now live for his purpose, and his purpose is the same as the purpose he had when he died for all, that they might live. Now with this new creation, this new mindset, we are in Christ. What does it mean to be 
in Christ and be a new creation. To be in Christ is to believe in him, to trust that he died for all, and that by his death, he took our place as sinners and removed the punishment and the curse and hostility that was placed on us and brought peace, as Paul says. God was in Christ, reconciling himself to us. That is, bringing peace between the world of sinners and himself through Christ's death on the cross. We have been brought to peace with God and we are now in Christ as we trust in him and trust that God has made us at peace with himself. So Paul says, God has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We urge you on Christ's behalf, he says, be reconciled to God. What we now live to do as servants of Christ is to share the same love that God had for us, to reconcile this world to God, to make peace as God did for us. We now live to carry out the agenda of our God, who's in the business not of fostering hostility or identifying enemies, but our God is in the business of restoring peace where there was once hostility. God did this as he made the one who had no sin, his son Jesus, to be sin for us. In order to show his love and restore peace to this world, the perfect holy son of God, Jesus, who had no sin, faced the hostility of this world and came to this world. Can you imagine trying to restore peace to this world so full of hostility, hatred, and animosity. Jesus, the Holy Son of God, did that as he came to live among us. And his message was, blessed are the peacemakers. And he sought to restore peace as he preached to this world. And yet the hostility of the world rejected him, had him beaten, whipped, crucified, so that he would die and suffer a terrible death. But this was God's plan. He died for all, him who had no sin. And it says, to be sin for us. On our behalf, Christ loved us and gave himself for us so that we might be brought to peace with God, so that the hostility between sinners and God might forever be ended. The Son of God gave himself and he now lives, he who died for us, so that we have peace with God. And that peace is assured and we live in that peace. Does the world see you now as an ambassador of such a Christ, of one who died so that we might live and to restore peace? Or does the world sometimes see you as someone who is going to hold on to their own personal interest or is quick to identify others as an enemy? Does the person in your workplace view you as the person who's causing the antagonism or the person who only seeks to restore peace? Does the family member who's causing strife view you as their enemy or do they see you as an ambassador of Christ seeking to restore peace and reconciliation between warring parties? Do those on the opposite political spectrum of you 
see you as someone who would put on and don the riot gear and seek to destroy and oppose? Or do they see you as someone who, like the love of Christ, would be willing to die so that you could restore the peace to this world? See, this world, it is broken. It is shattered. Connections that ought to be in love and harmony are destroyed as people are at war within the workplace and at war within the marketplace and at war with even their friends. Families are broken and shattered. And worst of all, this world is at peace with, at, this world is at war with a God who seeks to restore peace with them. We are servants of Christ brothers and sisters. And the message that we have to share and to live with those around us is to identify those who need reconciliation. That you see the person that maybe you could win that argument with in your family, but you decide that you want them to see the love of him who died for them. And maybe there's that person at work who would seek to destroy you, but you get to show them the message of reconciliation and help them to lead them to see the peace of a God who seeks to restore peace where there was once hostility. And you might be fighting with that person who knows the hot button issue to press in order to get you enraged when it comes to issues of the pandemic or wearing masks or vaccines. But you have an opportunity, servant of the Lord, to bring them to see the Lord, the God of all, who came to seek and restore peace where there was hostility. In this world where there's so much brokenness and pain and hurt, we get to say along with the Apostle Paul, we implore you, as if God were making his appeal through us, be reconciled to God. To be reconciled with God comes as we turn away from the hostility, turn away from the sin, and seek peace, which first comes from our God through Christ, and find peace for those who no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. All this comes to us from God, who has made us to be ambassadors of peace and given to us the message of reconciliation, of peace between God and the sinner. We no longer are motivated by self-interest or our own personal goals or by fear. But we are motivated by the love of Christ who died for us. And we now live for him who died and was raised again, our living God. Servants of the Lord, you have been called. Called to serve the God who gave himself for you and to restore peace. And so we join and we say, be reconciled to God. Amen. Oh, my precious Savior, this is my humble plea. Prepare.